Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you with us uh, here at Exit Coach Radio. We're working very hard to produce all kinds of content for you that you can find at our website, ExitCoachRadio.com. We have interviews. Uh, we have archived interviews by topic and books, workbooks, uh, planning tools you can use. Come to ExitCoachRadio.com and check it out. I know you'll be pleased because we're here for you, our hero, the private business owner, so that you can be well-planned. And my guest today is Kristen Allett, and she is joining us from Dynamic Brains in Seattle, Washington. Now, Kristen is a, a Vistage International or Vistage Worldwide now. They call themselves a speaker. And that means that she talks to business owners on a regular basis about a wide variety of topics, and she's going to focus on how Dynamic Brains helps business owners to optimize brains for high-stake events, for better decision-making, creative problem-solving, and health. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks so much, Bill. I really appreciate that introduction. Well, uh, my pleasure. A, uh, I'd love to know more. I'd love to know more about you and the Dynamic Brains, and um, tell our listeners a little bit about how you got the idea to start the company and a little bit about your background. Yeah. So I'm a physician in Seattle, Washington. And uh, 12 years ago, I started a practice just looking at the physical causes of mental health problems. And so mainly I was seeing people with pretty severe mental health problems. And when the economy crashed, all of a sudden, a third of my practice was executives and CEOs who were coming in and saying, my brain is not functioning, and if I don't, if it doesn't start to work, I'm, I'm going to lose my business or my job. And they had tried antidepressants, and that, that didn't solve it. And some of them had tried psychotherapy, but talking about their childhood just flipped them out as their businesses were going down because of the economy. Um, and they ended up in my office. And, um, and I looked at you know, I just asked them some really basic questions because these are like Olympic athletes. These are not people who inherently have mental health problems, but they fell within the definition of uh, depression. And, um, and what I found is that they were sleeping four hours a day. They were eating one meal a day and uh, exercise constituted walking to the bathroom. And, and I said, well, your power supply is being depleted uh, because you're not taking care of your body. And so we just need to do some really basic metrics um, in terms of food, sleep, and exercise, and you'll feel better. And they did, and they felt better. And so I looked into what the cost of depression is to businesses, and it, and it is becoming the number one driver for um, – lost productivity as well as health care costs. It's estimated wow. that uh, an individual who's depressed, which is about 10% of people 
in the service industry, which is almost everybody, is losing 27 days of productivity per year because they're losing two two hours per day and they're usually missing three days per quarter, uh, which is just this huge economic problem. And I was like, I think I need to start talking to businesses. And that's when I... um, Somebody told me about Vistage, and and I was like, well, maybe I should speak for them, but really I just want to belong to them because their concept, I really like their frame because they're creating community. And we eat, sleep, and exercise based on what our community is doing around us. And so I was like, I could could keep helping people individually, or I could move to where people are in communities. And so started working with businesses. And where, where I really see the impact is in the high stake, stakes decision making. Um, uh, where, you know, at the, end, at the end of the meeting or the end of the day or the end of the negotiation, the business or the individual is going to either have this life or is going to have that life. And we need to be in our really smart brain when we're doing that versus our lizard brain. And so part of what I do mm-hmm. is I educate uh, individuals and companies on how to do that and, and basic metrics on how to do that. Mm. That's great. Now, so, Christian, is this, um, in your research and in your observation, is this a baby boomer, entrepreneurial kind of driven phenomenon it, it, it is, it, so it's hitting two populations pretty, um, um, it's having a great impact in, in two populations. There's the baby boomer population who's aging um, and maybe be gaining weight and maybe pre-diabetic or diabetic. And when we are gaining weight and pre-diabetic and diabetic, studies are really clear that our uh, cognitive processes start to decline. Uh, that mm-hmm. our uh, creative problem solving is not as uh, um, dexterous and our memory also is a problem. And so with the aging population, it's, um, it, you know, part of what I talk to uh, the executives at Vistage is, you know, you're working really hard to build this company, to retire with lots of money. And if you are sick uh, with diabetes and cardiovascular disease and obesity, you're not going to be able to enjoy it. But not only that, but probably the decision-making is not going to be as robust at the end of your career as it was mid-level career um, because the brain, because the, the brain needs nutrients and it needs, it needs uh, exercise because when we exercise, we get brain derived neurotropic factor, which helps us learn quicker um, Mm -hmm. and helps us have closer neuronal connections. Uh, And so part of what I do with executives is how, how do you, how in their busy day do you fit in um, the basics of food, sleep and exercise? Cause the, the weight loss industry kind of has, has kind of programmed us that it has to be super complicated and it's not super complicated and it's not super hard. It's just setting up the system's, do it. That's and, great. Uh, I, and I want to get into that. I, yeah, I just yeah, wanted yeah. to. I just wanted to mention that um, it seems like because I, I work with a lot of business owners, a lot of them are baby boomers, and a lot of them, especially after 2008, were like, "I've worked so hard, and it's just 
And now the rug kind of got pulled out from under me because of the economy and I've got to start all over again at a time when I thought I would be coasting more. And such a large number of people are in that group, the baby boomers, right. so 70, what, right. 77 million, probably 12 million of them own a business of some kind of over age 50. And so many have gotten to a point now where they're going, wow, I thought there would be more. I thought it would be easier. And I've been doing this a long time. I thought I could be kind of coasting by now and and that hasn't worked out so I was just wondering if you think that played into it as well right I mean I kind of not to over label label people but I kind of see some executives it's almost like they have this PTSD I was I just was at a the a vistage conference and the the economist who came to speak was sort of calling them on that and that they're they're not willing to risk and they're not willing to kind of do what they need to do in an up economy because they're exhausted, and they're 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 afraid of losing losing stability again. And and then the other thing that's happening is they have this millennial generation coming in who they don't even understand. Right. They're very very sensitive to uh, to the to the fun- optimization of the brain because they grew up. In, in a virtual environment. They didn't b- grow up in a physical environment like the baby boomers did. And when they detect that their brain's not optimized, they go home. And not that they can't get good work done, but they will only do it when their brain is very stable. And, mm-hmm. and so when, a, and you can see this with the Googles and the Amazons and some of the big companies who are really interfacing with the, with the, the um, millennials all the time, they make sure that they have food, they make sure that, that it's about getting the work done and not putting it in an eight-hour eight day because they understand that when, when the brain's in a position that it can't make good decisions, uh, they should let them go home. So just can I give you a quick study uh, example of what I mean by dis- the importance of decision-making? Yeah, absolutely, please. So there was this study um, that looked at judges uh, reviewing files for parole, right? So judges, judges' product is decisions, right? And we want them to ma- ma- be fair and without bias. And, and, uh, and of course, they ask them, do you approach these with fair and without bias? But there's a slight uh, bias towards not letting criminals out, for sure, if you're re- reviewing files for parole. And what they found is the judges, um, the decisions that they rendered on the files immediately after a meal, 65% of the people filing for parole were put in the consider for parole file. The files that were looked at right before a meal, zero. Wow. Yeah. And, and so that's what we're seeing with both the baby boomers and the millennials, the baby boomers come from a culture where you just work hard and you stay at the desk and you make the decisions and, and you sacrifice how you feel and, and how you take care of yourself. You sacrifice everything for the business, right? Is that, I mean, is that what you, what you hear? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, there's a reward at the end of it, supposedly. Right. I mean, that's what everybody's always been uh, building for is that, I'm going to build, I'm going to have my own place where not only do I have my own freedom and independence, but I'm expecting there to be a reward at the end of it. And that's 
that's the rug that got pulled out of a lot of people's, uh, from a timing and financial standpoint, uh, got right. pulled out of a lot of people. And not only a timing and a financial point point of view, but from a health point of view. Like, do they feel good? They don't. Yeah, feel good, good point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so they don't, they don't, they don't have success. They don't have the money that they wanted, and they feel like crap. And, um, and they come from a culture where, where working harder and sacrificing more is the solution. And the millennials have a different culture, which is that they'll work hard, but only if it feels good. And so, you know, part of it, uh, what I find interesting is that when you kind of talk about the, how food, sleep, and exercise is part of a culture and that we're going to actually optimize our brain um, as a culture, those differences often um, are not as uh, contrasting. Yeah, you're so you're hitting on a, a nerve for a lot of people. I'm sure that are listening that are thinking, you know, I I don't feel a hundred percent all the time, and and I thought maybe it was because um, I was burned out because I've been doing what right. I've been doing for, and that's another factor. They've been doing what they've been doing for a long time, and yeah. the other thing is they're seeing people around them uh, that might be. Um, uh, having good or bad situations, but it's, they're, they're moving into a life change time, a natural life change time. And that is getting close to that retirement age. 10,000 people a day are turning 65 and 55. Uh, and they're, they're just looking at that going, okay, it's an assessment time. Wow. I thought I'd be, <laughs> I thought it would be better. Yeah. And then, right. I, and then the other part of it is, and I talked to a lot of uh, business owners that have, for instance, children in the business, and they're really hoping, they were hoping they could turn around and pass the baton back to the, the kids who would now pick up the sprint and run around the track, and the kids either aren't there or they don't want the baton, or they're not sprinting. Right. So so right. there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> we're not cheering anybody up today, but let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk, let's get back to the optimization and optimizing the brain. And let's discuss, because uh, I know that you you have ways for food, sleep, and exercise to all affect decision-making and creative problem-solving during high-stake yeah. events. And I think if you can give our listeners some some yeah. ideas to how they can feel sure. better, it'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you a question, Bill? And you can sure. say you don't want to answer it. But uh, can I ask what, particularly on a, a really important day, what you have for breakfast? On an important day, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I go back to my my roots, and I'll probably have some scrambled eggs and or eggs and eggs and toast and bacon. I'm I'm not good. <laughs> I should. Be. I, actually, I know I'm actually, not good, but it, it feels like protein to me. It feels like that's what I'm craving. See now, see that like that was kind of a setup question, and I didn't get the answer I was hoping for because. Most people eat carbohydrates or will skip meals altogether, which means that their, their brain isn't fueled for the day. And so part of what I talk about in terms of food is when we only eat carbohydrates or we don't eat protein meals, what happens is our brain has fuel to function at the high capacities for about 1.5 to 2 hours. And hmm. as the blood glucose starts to drop, what do we do? We go buy the candy, you know, the candy bowl, bowl that the receptionist has. And we just take one, right? 
and we think that we're, you know, lazy or we're addicted to sugar, but really we're just trying to stabilize our blood glucose because it's dropping because we didn't have breakfast or we just had cereal. And when we have a, a, a breakfast just like you described, a couple eggs, a piece of toast, and maybe an apple, now we have four hours before our brain starts to go, wait a minute, the, you know, the electricity, it's almost like the electricity starts to get turned down and we don't have as much lighting, right? We would go mm-hmm. turn, on, turn back on the lights, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in terms of like a quick and easy, I do this experiment with almost everybody who comes into my office is I, I'm like, try and eat protein, three hours. So have breakfast, eggs, piece of toast, and apple, then a handful of nuts. And then have lunch that has a piece of chicken on it. And that could be a sandwich, that could be a salad, I don't care. And and then you have another handful of nuts, and then you have dinner, another piece of, piece of chicken or meat, I don't care if it's beef or pork, just size of a deck of cards. That's all we're looking for. If it's any higher than that, it's, it's going to be stored in fat tissue, and we don't want to add to that storage. And, um, and eat, eat it throughout the day, every three hours, and see if your energy level goes up 20%. Generally, people get a 20% hit. Is it, and most of the burned out executives that I talk to, really, uh-huh. I don't think they're mentally burned out. They're physically burned out. Their body's like, yeah, I don't have the juice to help you be interested in what's going on. And, and we're just going to stay in this hyper survival mode. And, um, and so, you know, for three days, it's not a very costly experiment. It's kind of hard to set it up for some people, but, but setting it up. Uh, and then people have a sustained energy throughout the day. Uh, and what, what they find is, um, and this is, I've done a, a lot of work actually in the judicial system. And one of the metrics that I use for executives is do you have energy at the end of the day to go home and do something besides sit on the couch, watch TV, and drink a glass of wine? Because if you're so toasted by, at the end of the day because you, you were just so busy that you don't have the energy to engage your family or engage in a hobby or engage in you know, the, the, thing, the home that you've purchased or all those things that you get – then, then probably somewhere around three or four o'clock, your decision making was like the the judges, and you weren't making the best decision. Uh, and what they mm-hmm. find is that if you eat protein throughout the day, you have sustain, sustained energy, and um, and the car, the drive to eat carbohydrates comes way down. That's great. So that's a, a real simple rule of thumb. Um, just. Uh, keep keep something handy to to munch on like you said some nuts or yeah is uh, yeah. it would uh wh- what else comes into play like a uh, does beef jerky always seem to be come right. to mind for beef, protein yeah, snack beef jerky, you know i mean that's the that's <laughs> the challenge is is sort of working working um working with the individual to find the right things for snacks. You know, I want, right. I, I like to, to particularly the snacks to just be a handful of nuts, because if you buy a, you know, a, ba- a big bag from Costco, like it's easy when you're distracted to eat a half bag and, Oh crap, I ate seven right. cups of nuts today. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, 
I like I like people to keep it in the kitchen area so they have to get up and so then they're getting a little bit of movement, grab a handful of nuts and then go sit down and work again so that, so they got a little bit of movement. I worked with one law firm at, that had about 22 people in it and they uh I did I came and I spoke to the partners and then I spoke to, spoke to the whole law firm about what was going on and they started investing in making sure that there was nuts and yogurt and string cheese and apples and oranges in sort of the kitchen area. And what the office manager that I was working with noticed is, um, so lawyers, if you interrupt them, they tend to chew on you. They're a little rough on, um, on the staff. And so she, she spent a, a good amount of time sort of just helping people deal with the fact that they got barked at. And what she found is that when there was more food and everybody understood the value of tracking the protein in terms of the food, that there was less drama in the office, there was more civility. And so that time that she would be sort of helping people with their interpersonal relationships then could be put into looking at what the what needed to happen for the law firm moving forward. Um, That's great. And, uh, you know, and it's that simple, and yet we'll dismiss it in the busyness of it. And sometimes they have to have people put on the, you know, set their smartphone to ring every three hours because our, our we 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 are not checking in with our body and saying, are we hungry? We're like, mm-hmm. we got to get done. We got to get done, right? Right, right. So that's a great tip for food. How about for sleep and exercise? So sleep and exercise, in terms of cognitive processes, make the biggest difference. It's just much harder for me to sort of sell or, like, win people over. But the the metric is to make sure that you're getting at least six and a half, seven hours of sleep with not more than an hour, hour and a half time variation. Our hormonal system is the messenger system in our body. And when we are getting up at sometimes 5 a.m. and sometimes 11 a.m., basically we're messing with the hormonal system of our body. And so the messages get sent out at the wrong time, and that depletes us of neurotransmitters that we need in business. So what I, what I encourage people to do is kind of set their, their time um, – they're, the time that they go to bed and the time they get up as much as possible. If they're ha- often busy executives have what I call the 3 a.m. committee meeting, which is when you wake up at 3 a.m. and your brain's like, oh, we, we got to do this and this and this and, and what about this thing and da 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 da. And, so, and we will be up for two hours and then our body is ready to go back to sleep. Uh-huh. Um, the the easy fix for that. So what happens is generally we have dinner and then maybe some ice cream or a glass of wine, which then uh, releases insulin and, and, and puts the those calories away much more quickly. By midnight, we're probably low in glucose, but we're not doing a lot of thinking. By 3 a.m., the, the brain it actually does a lot without us. The point of sleeping is so that it can get some filing done. Um, it's, uh-huh. it's so low in glucose that it, um, it, it, it hits the adrenaline button to make some fuel, 
which then wakes up the brain that wants to think that, that they're like, wow, there's a lot of adrenaline. So we got to do something. We got to think about all these things that are adrenaline events. And that cycle of making fuel out of nothing, basically out of our body through adrenaline takes about two hours to cycle through. So what I have people do is put a quarter cup of fruit juice and a handful of nuts by the bed stand if they're getting up at 3 a.m. and drink down the juice and eat the nuts and generally they'll go back to sleep within a half hour. Huh. And that's and so that's kind of that's kind of how I pin down. I mean there are other things that I do, but in terms of broad generalization, those are the things, the basic metrics that if I can get executives to get six and a half, seven hours of sleep at basically the same time of day and we can and we can stop that committee meeting and just have it a go pee and go back to sleep uh, moment uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, th- then they're far more creative they they some of them have gotten in the habit of getting up and wanting to uh, get some work done but what they're doing is they're depleting their associative learning skills which is the ability to put together new concepts which is really why we're all employed because if we're if we're not putting together new concepts, some some programmer is making a program so that they could, we can be replaced, right? Like we really have to focus on what keeps us creative to make those important decisions because otherwise we'll be replaced by a computer. Interesting. So uh, for a lot of people that get up and they think this is the, you know, this is the creative time, it's the problem solving, they need to do a, a brain dump and get this out of their heads so that that's the only way they're going to go back to sleep. But what you're saying is that they could, they could maybe um, speed up that process and get back to sleep yeah. quicker and then they'll be better in the morning right. um, if right. they're able to get back quickly. And, I'm, um, and I don't mind the brain dump if they can, you know, just write it down within 10 minutes and then, and then say, okay, it's written down. Here's the juice and nuts. But sometimes they spend two or three hours problem solving it. They get on the Internet. Then they start think, thinking about whatever the Internet wants us to think about instead of what they really need to think about, you know, and they've lost sleep time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay, how about exercise? Let's talk. Let's touch on that. We got about a couple, two, three minutes left. So let's let's touch yeah. on that, and then talk a little bit more about uh, uh, um, you and your business, and how people can get in touch yeah. with you. But how, what about exercise sure. tips? So exercise tips. Um, so I do this do, when I'm talking to Vistage uh, uh, executives. I have them do this exercise. I have them think about on a scale of one to ten, what is your energy level? And, you know, they don't have to say it aloud, but, you know, it usually ranges from the seven to five range. And then I have them all stand up and we do four chair squats or if they have bad knees, four uh, uh, wall push-ups. That's it. And then I make them stand there for for two seconds and I ask them what their energy level is and did they get a 10% rise off of four chair squats. And almost everybody in the room uh, nods their head that they got a 10% improvement by, by a mini exercise. And uh, a year and a half ago, I was in a motor vehicle accident. Prior to the motor vehicle accident, I did martial arts four days a week, CrossFit once a week, hiked, walked every morning, very physically active person. 
And uh, I got pretty severe whiplash, and my physician was like, you get to ride recumbent bike and do these little exercises. And I was like, oh, my God, my brain is going to tank, and I'm not going to be able to function. And I was totally panicked. And so I started doing many exercises between my patients in my clinical practice. So I would do 10 chair squats, or I would stand on one foot, or I – and I have a scale that measures muscle mass. And I actually put on 10 pounds of muscle mass compared to what I had before doing little exercise throughout the day. And what studies show is people who sit for eight hours a day might as well be smoking a pack of cigarettes in terms of health. And so what I, what I get my executives and patients to do is to do just little exercises throughout the day. They feel better. They're getting brain-derived neurotrophic factor. They're maintaining their muscle mass, if not building it. And so, you know, 30-second plank, 10 chair squats, uh, push-ups either on, a t- on their desk or on a wall. Or if they're in fit enough and they can do a full pen- push-up, 10 push-ups, and then they're done. And, and, you know, every hour they just do a quick hit and they, they feel more energized. They're, they have better learning and memory skills, and they're taking care of their health. That easy, huh? That easy. It's, it's doing it. Like all these little things are hard because we have to remember to do it. Right. That's the hardest right. piece. And so that's why I like working within communities. Because if, if you see, you know, you see the person across the way do it, then you're like, oh, I got to do it. And you're not the weirdo, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's fantastic. everybody knows so, what you're doing. So how do you get the message out? So you talk to, um, uh, obviously, groups of business owners like Vistage groups. Um, yep. Tell us a little bit about your program and, and uh, how you like to get the message out. Yeah, so mostly what happens is uh, people contact me to come and speak to a group. And, and I, I do uh, just one talk, and I, it, I like it to, if possible, to be a three-hour talk because then I can really cover the details. Often, often it's an hour, and so I'll only do food or I'll only do sleep, and, and it's kind of condensed. But three hours is really a gift if, it, and so sometimes I do it at retreats or, or at associ- association meetings or Vistage is, is really awesome. Um, and then from there, if somebody thinks that they want to look at how this plays into their culture, they'll invite me to speak to their either a team or their, their business. And, and, and again, that's just a talk. And then if they're still interested and want some more support, then usually I will work with an office manager or a wellness director to really implement the details, and, and then that's just sort of an individual contract on what the project is. And, um, and so I like just doing it step by step, and, and mo- so mostly it just starts with inviting me to speak. Um, mm-hmm. And then if people are in Seattle, people come and see me on an individual level. But I don't uh, – I don't – if people can't be in my office, I don't. I'm not a physician for people. So sometimes people mm. call from Florida and they're like, hey, I really want to work with you. And I'm like, I don't, I don't do Internet um, medicine. Um, right, right. So, Makes sense. Okay. So yeah. uh, what's, the, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, Kristen? Uh, KristenAllett.com is my website. 
and uh, there is more and more I'm putting some online material free and paid for um, material and mm-hmm. uh, videos. That's, that's um, the big push. And there is some online training for people who coaches and mentors and um, uh, supervisors that will be once a month sort of consult on food and mood uh, uh, in the fall and, uh, but mostly go to kristenallett.com and sign up for my email newsletter. That's the main, main way that people stay in touch with me. Well, it's great information. And, you know, listeners out there, you know, ask yourself the question, could you be feeling better about things? And are there things that you can do that maybe, uh, maybe it's a simple fix and maybe it's something that you need to start thinking about for your entire company about, how you can get everybody feeling better. And the solution is to go to kristenallot.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-A-L-L-O-T-T.com. And check out what she has available. Get in touch with her and uh, have her come talk to your company and your or your business owners if you have a Vistage group. A very simple thing to do. And it's certainly something that will be universally um appreciated and accepted because this is something that affects all of us, Kristen. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure and I look oh, forward to the next time we talk. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. So please stay with us. <laughs> 